Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Phil Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Esther born for such a time to make a difference in this world. Thank you for all the souls, all the people, Lord, that, Lord, that have responded to the call of heaven, that, dear God, they've heard, <laughs> they've recognized your goodness that has chased them down even through their sinful days. Lord, I was actually crying through that song thinking about my mad 70s just going on my mad way in a mad 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 world who's ever heard of a movie called mad 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 world why can't I find that movie to watch again I'm trying to watch that movie again to relive some it made a big impression on me but <laughs> what's that it's in the grandfather ball and I was thinking, Ev, as you were saying, and you just prophetically nailed it, this goodness, may His goodness follow you all the days of your life, it says. Psalm 23, isn't it? Yeah. And, um, and I was thinking, I was thinking, now come on guys, let's take stock of the situation. You, you used to be a sinner, amen? Yeah. Saved by grace. You're not a sinner any longer, by the way. You're a saint. You're a saint. Don't, don't just sit in that, I'm just a sinner, saved by grace. No, if you're saved, you're a saint. That's pure theology right there. You're a saint. You're set apart for God. You've been set apart for God. You're in the house. You're in the kingdom. You are in Christ. Now, now hang on, let's rewind this and, and remember that we were sinners, lost in darkness, struggling. Then a great light came 2,000 years ago. And even though that light came, world is so dark see the darkness covers the earth but then the Bible says arise and shine for the glory of the Lord is upon you and you saw a glimpse of light through the dark clouds of your selfishness of your sin and you saw it beaming down and you knew in your heart of hearts that it was God and His marvelous love that was seeking you, searching you. Lord, I, I just remember that I know that you preserved my life through many radical days. Preserved my life through drowning. I was stuck in a 
in a big thunderous king swell in 1974. Got taken to the bottom. Didn't know which way was up. Opened my eyes. Just the turmoil of sand and froth. But God. But God. Everyone's got their own story. If you're struggling to worship when you come to church, think about when you were unsaved. Think about maybe if you kept that up, where would you be now? To a lost eternity? I'm not sure. But you are in the house of God this morning. You're in the light. You're in the glory. Your sons and daughters of the Lord. Come on, guys. We got to. We got to arrest ourselves. David said, "Soul, worship God." Why? He actually says, "Why are you downcast? Why won't you lift your hands? Why won't you clap?" Why won't you dance? Why won't you sing in your heart of hearts? And you need to do that sometimes. You need to question your soul. Because your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions. Amen? Soul, I'm speaking to you this morning. We should be partying. We should be enjoying the splendor, the magnificence of this salvation that we have inherited in Christ. So Lord God, I I, I just, Lord God, I I just say, forgive me. Just say this with me. Forgive me, Lord God. If I've just been slack, indifferent, doubtful, even of my own salvation. Lord, I want to step into the promised land. I want to step into the rest. I want to step into your will. I want to step into your glory by my own volition because the greatest gift that God has given you second to your salvation is this, your free will. Because He doesn't want robots. He doesn't want slaves. He wants children that love Him with an open heart. Love Him with with a freedom to love or not love. It's up to you guys balls in your court. So Lord, I receive that ball of revelation and I say this morning, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. And the saints say, and the saints say, come on, let's give him a hand clap. Oh, let us sound out. Oh, hey, oh. Come on, come on, come on, keep going. Chasing every dark cloud away. We are celebrating in the house of God in 2019. 24th of March. Born to live in this day. We take stock of it. We apprehend this day. (laughs) And we say, God, thank you. Thank you for salvation. Thank you that I am 
on the way to a glorious eternal life with you. But in the meantime, Lord, would you bless me out of my socks? Oh, I want to see all the socks left behind in the church today. I want all the socks. Someone's going to collect them. Not sure who that unfortunate person. No one wears socks. All right, someone's already been blessed out of their socks. Awesome. God bless you guys. You can take a seat. Great to see visitors in the house. Been re- wrestling over this message. Thank you, team. And I did want to say thank you for the teams that make this church happen. Give it up for the teams. Give it up for the worship team. These guys, everyone that makes this house happen. The grounds are looking fantastic. Thank you, Jilly. And the work for the doll. Isn't it great? We've got the work for the doll turning up. And they mow our lawns, plant the plants. And we've got more work happening. I've been wrestling with this um, a message this, this uh, week. And this is quite a, a big message, not in terms of the time, the length, but it's something that uh, probably a lot of churches are not um, speaking about. Um, and it's, it's really about, it is about the last days and it is about living in the last days. Now I need to preempt something. The last days has been happening since Jesus uh, died on the cross and, um, and, and the Holy Spirit was released. And so we, we, we need to understand that we've been living in the last days, but can I tell you, uh, since that, 2,000 years ago, but can I tell you this? that the prophets uh, that I subscribe to worldwide, the ones that are hearing God, sold their lives out to God. Um, They're living absolutely in a glorious place of trying to apprehend what God is saying and then relay it to the people of God, the saints. And they're all saying that these are actually the last moments of the last days. Now, um, I I just need to preempt this, that... we could have a lot longer to go. Um, young families, listen to me. Uh, live with hope. When I got saved in the 80s, uh, we used to watch Super 8 um, movies of um, Late Great Planet Earth, I think it was. Uh, what was the other one? Left Behind. Uh, I, I won't even go into the details. It's pretty scary stuff. But I I do want to allude to the facts of the matter. And in the right spirit, I think we can cope. (laughs) Some people are laughing. And uh, I think you will be able to cope with this information that you need. Because why? Because I believe we're living in very troublesome times. And we're living in a pressure cooker. And a lot of people are being, uh, are succumbing, are succumbing to the culture of the world. And so we've got a, a battle at the moment. It's culture versus kingdom. And unfortunately, can I be real with you people? The church has tried to appease the culture. And, um, you know, I'd be... Uh, I've sort of done that with my skinny jeans, but I, I'm not going to go the, the holes. I'm not going to do those holes in my knees. Uh, and, uh, and I do dress kind of old-fashioned too sometimes. Um, but, so the church is trying to be relevant. Paul says, 
uh, be all things to all men, you know, be relatable, be relatable. Um, but I, I think we can, the pendulum has swung a little bit too far. And of course, we're, we can trade off the, 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 the glory of God, the holiness of God, and uh, we're worshipping coffee more than we worship God. And um, Netflix is our Bible now. And uh, sorry, guys, I know that hurts. Um, just, just understand this, that we're in a... We're in, and, and you need to know this because it, it will preserve you and safe keep you in these days uh, to understand that you are living in these days, which are the last days. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> 1 Peter 4, 7. Let's begin. Six things you must do in these last days. Uh, I've got your Bible. You can take some notes. Um, I'm back on notes now. My laptop is... Anyway, so... Father, we just pray that um, this message that I've been wrestling over, that I would be able to share and provoke your people to live with a great expectation of your coming. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen? All right, here we go. Now, hang on, man, because this is going to be great. 1 Peter 4.7 says, let's open it up with the scripture. The end of all things is near. So I'm going to move pretty, pretty quickly through this. And you just have to hang on. And The end of all things is near. The end of all things is near. Peter, uh, the Apostle Peter, Hebrews, Paul, all talk about this nearness. Therefore, be alert. Say alert. And sober. Now, when I say sober-minded, um, not being drunk on the things of the world, not being drunk, I'm, I'm just going to have to go there and use this as a reference, not being drunk of Netflix, on Netflix. Who, who believes you can be drunk in the mind on Netflix? Uh, you just help me with it. I'll stop, stop using it otherwise. Am I right? Can you get drunk? Can you get um, not sober? Sober means I'm in my right mind. I'm not walking. See, when you're drunk, you walk across roads. Traffic is nearly killing you and, and you're doing crazy stuff. When you're sober, you're very aware. Is that right? Very aware. So just to understand these words. Whew. Be sober-minded so that you may pray. So I'm going to make a big song and dance about praying, which I believe every born-again believer needs to understand that that is just 101, the Christian life. You need to know how to pray. Now, can I say this? If you are struggling to pray, if you're struggling to pray and you do not have a prayer life, if your default, even, even in troubled times, is not to pray... Can I just say this, uh, that there is something drastically wrong in your faith level towards God. It's an intuitive thing to pray as a person. That's why we have so many foreign um, religions on the planet. And, and really your default should be to pray. If you're struggling with that, 
read some great resource on that, uh, cultivate that. Uh, one of the great ways to do that, I think, is to thank God. Just thank God. Just begin there. Thank you, God. I got up. I'm awake. One of my dear ministers, you know him. I, I won't mention his name because some of you don't know this, but uh, he's only, I think, mid-40s, late-40s. He ha had a heart attack um, a Wednesday morning, 6 o'clock. Healthy guy. Look at him, and he's healthy as can be. And um, so we, we need to know that it's worth thanking God when you are alive, when you got through the morning. Is that right? And, and, and begin thanking God. And that will, in counseling terms now, reframe your life. Because it's so easy to go into the negative. It's so easy to think, oh, this is my old life again. Oh, that's right, all that trouble yesterday. His mercies are new every morning. You're waking up into a new dispensation of grace and anointing to do your life, to navigate life. Is that right? It's easy to wake up and look at your husband, look at your wife and go, oh, it's just them. No. You need to go again and love them again, romance them again, believe in them again, Gee, that's all right. I'm just pulling up myself. I'm going down another avenue there. So I'm talking about being vigilant and prayerful in these end days. Say the last days. Let's say it. A lot of preachers are getting nervous to mention the last days now. We're, we're, we're worried that it doesn't engender hope that it doesn't engender a future for you and your life, especially young life. The last days, oh man, I was doing well. I was enjoying my Christian life until you mentioned the last days and Jesus is coming back shortly. Because I've got plans. Yes, have those plans. Live your life like you're going to leave 20 generations behind. Amen? Just need to say that because, thank you, Evan. Thank you, thanks, man. Talking about being vigilant, being prayerful. So the next big thing, God calls his church in every generation to live in this marvelous light of the return of Jesus. It's a remarkable truth. And can I say this? Nothing, nothing now stands in the way of Jesus coming back. After his perfect life, sacrificial death, and his resurrection from the grave, and his ascension to heaven, and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, the next major movement in the history of the world is the second coming of Christ. Major event. We're creeping closer, closer towards that, but... We're not sure when. No one, even Jesus said, no one is to know. We know that time is drawing near because of how sick and morally bankrupt our world has become. Amen? We need to know how to live and survive and prosper in these days which represent days of conflict. 
we definitely need the Lord's help. Amen? We need to know the strengthening of the Holy Spirit. You're in a Spirit-filled church. We love the Word. We hold it dear. His name and His Word are exalted over the earth. But the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, don't do anything until you receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. How much do you think we need the Holy Spirit in our life? You could get marvelously saved. You did get marvelously saved. But can I tell you this? It's my conviction that if you don't have the inclusion of the Holy Spirit dynamically, say dynamically, around your life, in your life, empowering your life, which is what C3 Church is about. And I noticed Phil Pringle is getting back, Pastor Phil Pringle, I should say, is getting back to his roots. Because Pastor Phil has done a brilliant job through the C3 movement to reach the peoples of our land. But he's now saying, because he's a guy now, well, in his 60s, and he's saying now, guys, we might have to go back to the A plan, which is the power of God, the presence of God. And can I might add sonship, not corporateness. You are sons and daughters. I'm a father of the faith. People look to me as a father not as a corporate leader. You've been adopted. You're not orphaned. You might suffer orphan symptoms because of lack of fathering or fatherlessness, but you need to know this. Jesus is the way to the Father. I love Jesus. I worship Him. I love bad. Yes, that's awesome. You need to. But here's the way. Jesus is constantly saying, but what about the Father? I appreciate this. This is awesome. But it's the Father that made all this happen. It's through the Father. So there's another speed bump for you. <laughs> Sorry. We need to pray both fervently and honestly and we can only do that through sober minds. Very hard to pray when you don't have a, a mind on God, when your mind is polluted and you're even become drunk on the world of indulgences, including sin. Amen? So be on your guard against the traps that sin lays all around you and do not try to withstand them on your own. That's my pastoral instruction to you. Pray to the Father and never doubt that He will deliver you. 1 Timothy 6.12, all right. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. Fight the good fight of faith. You literally have to say it like that. This is a fight of faith to go to your Bible. This is a fight of faith now to come to church. Millennials are fighting desperately to get to church. Somehow, I don't know why, but there is a 
just a whole warfare against our millennial generation and, and they're falling out of church and they're questioning and, and you know, man, guys, church is God's A plan. Church is God's ultimate plan and I'll tell you why in a moment. So we need to talk about Christ and I need to give it context. The first return of Christ is the rapture. The rapture. Who knows about the rapture? The taking away of the saints before the tribulation, the seven-year period of tribulation. Um, he takes us away before the wrath of God, the wrath of God, and he removes us from that coming judgment of the seven years of tribulation, seven years of just when all hell breaks loose. In a twinkling of an eye, prior to the great tribulation, Jesus takes us up. If, if you believe in pre, pre-tribulation rapture. It's a bit contentious, but that's what I believe in. It's called the day of trouble. It's called the day of the Lord. The good news is that Jesus has a plan for us. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 4.16 says it like this. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the law, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Encourage that there is an exit plan. There is an escape plan, basically. The church is saved from the wrath of God. 1 Thessalonians 5.9 says, For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. The second part of the second coming of Jesus is mentioned in Revelation 19, uh, verse 11 to 14, and chapter 20, verse 4. After the tribulation, Christ returns to earth, destroys the wicked, binds Satan, and takes his rightful place on earth. And the Bible says in Matthew, I think, it says, unless the days were shortened, we would all be completely destroyed. Zechariah 14, verse 4 and 5. You can chase this stuff up. But for those people who want a little bit more than that, Daniel 9, 24 says, 77s are decreed for your people and your holy city to finish transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, to bring an everlasting righteousness to seal up vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. So it's talking about sin needs to be dealt with. Judgment is going to come. Jesus will be placed in his rightful place on the earth. Amen. And that is all. And that scripture is a prophetic uh, statement about that. So basically, it's a clash between two kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 and chapter 12, 26, and it talks about sons of light, sons of darkness. And then it talks about this cosmic battle. God angry, I'm paraphrasing this, I'm crunching it down, just to give it some context what I'm talking about. There's a cosmic battle, and God's angry, the devil's angry, nations are angry. Revelations 15, verse 1, uh, chapter 12 and 22, chapter 11, verse 18, Daniel 12, verse 1, Matthew 24, 22. 
the prophetic ministries uh, worldwide are saying that we are seeing pre-tribulation signs, pre-rapture signs that we're seeing. And it's, it's very dramatic, it's a political, it's the nations, it's all the stuff that we in Australia don't feel firsthand. One of my friends uh, in 1974 went to South Africa. Who's South African in the house? Awesome. I don't know why we, we attract all the South African people. It's awesome. I love the South African people. Uh, my friend went there surfing Jeffreys Bay. The guys know Jeffreys Bay. Beautiful waves. They came back and they said, it's funny, but living in Australia, you don't realize the Cold War. You don't realize the tenseness of the stuff that, that is, the wars. The, you know, there really was a pending Cold War in the 70s. And we didn't know about it because we're the lucky country. Amen? We're an island. We don't feel that. When the towers came down in New York City, um, we felt that because of the communications. And that's probably the first time that something dramatic like that really affected us. And that was a big wake-up call to the psyche, to the Australians who thought, my goodness, there is a war on the planet. And so, like birth pains, it says, Matthew 24, 7, 8. So basically, Jesus coming back to judge the nations, and I won't get into all the details there, but God provides a way out. Hebrews 11, 7, 11, 7, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. By faith, he always provides a way out. Say, say this, he always provides a way out. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family, built a church to save his family. But his faith, by his faith, he condemned the world and became heir. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Genesis 19:14, another escape plan. So Lot went out and spoke to his son-in-laws who were pledged to marry his daughters. He said, hurry, he'd been visited by angels, you know the story, hurry and get out of this place before the Lord is about to destroy this city. But his son-in-laws thought he was joking. Now my son-in-laws don't think I'm joking, do you? They certainly would not laugh. Jeremiah is another uh, um, example of, of this getting a warning from God, warning the city. And Jeremiah 25, uh, verse 1 to 3, and 45, verse 5, he's warning them, he's warning them. They're not listening, they're, they're mocking him. And um, just like the world's mocking us for being saved and being in the church. And then in Matthew 24, 16, in the New Testament, Jesus says, when you see this stuff coming, there's an exit plan. So God is, God is saying to us at this moment, at this time, He's giving us, I believe, through the prophetic voice out there, he's giving us ample heads up encouragement to be prepared. To be prepared and well prepared for what God is going to do. So this message is called Six Things God Wants You to Do in These Last Days. Can I hear an amen? Are you ready? Number one, here we go. Watch. Watch. 
not so much TV and, and, you know, carnal stuff. Watch. Matthew 24, 42 says, Therefore keep watch because you do not know on what day, on what day, keep watch of your notes, Pastor Phil. Therefore keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. In the Roman times, um, they used to keep watch from 6 to 9, 9 to 12, 9 to 3, uh, 3 to 6. There was watches that were done around the city, all right? Um, this is saying even more than that. Keep watch 24-7. Even be watchful through the day. Who's watchful in the house during the day? Who's watchful? Who's just watchful of God, hearing God, just being watchful, trying to get their heads up what God's saying to you? And that's a beautiful thing if you are. Stay alert and sober. Luke 12, 43. It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing, doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you. So this is a, this is a story about when God's going to come back. Jesus is going to come back. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose the servant says to himself, my master is taking a long time in coming. A lot of Christians are saying that. Yeah, we've heard this second coming before. We've heard about the rapture. We've heard about the last days. But you know what? It seems pretty cool out there. It seems like business as usual. Uh, but suppose the servant says to him, verse 45, my master is taking a long time in coming. And he, ha he then begins to beat the other servants, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk. Basically, acting immoral, just not living a godly life. 46, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he is not aware of, he will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with unbelievers. This guy is assigned to, with unbelievers. This poor guy, he was saved, now he's assigned with unbelievers somehow. And uh, Luke 21, 36, be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. So we want to stand before God, be ready, be in a sober mind, and be able to stand before God. Number two, pray. Mark 13, 33. Be on your guard. Be alert. You do not know when the time will come. Ephesians 6, 18 says it like this. And pray in the Spirit. I'm doing my Ephesians pop-up group tonight. Listen, men. If you want to join us one hour in the Elevation Room tonight, I will be conducting a pop-up group and it will be the, uh, exploding the whole revelation of the, uh, the book of Ephesians. If you want to join us tonight, it's free. Uh, I think we start at 5, 5 o'clock come. I will fill you in on the previous two chapters because tonight we're on the third chapter, amen. Ephesians 6.18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. For all the Lord's people. Ephesians 6.18 in New King James, praying always with all prayer, supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all. I really believe this is so true. If you're struggling to know what to pray, uh, there's many types of prayer. Prayer of agreement, prayer of agreement, uh, we can put that up, prayer of agreement, Matthew 18 verse 19, prayer of thanks, 
I did have some PowerPoint if it comes up, great. Prayer of binding, prayer of loosening, prayer of faith, pray in the spirit, pray understanding, give me understanding, Lord. Help me understand that. And there's your scriptures right there. Prayer of agreement. If, you're, if you need something to be agreed on uh, going forward in life, I think the most marvelous thing you can do is just, hey, uh, if Ev comes to me and he's just started a, a business and he says, Pastor Phil, he would say Phil to me. And uh, he said, Phil, can you agree with me that my business will do well? And uh, he, he's gone out on his own. He's bought a ute and... Um, and we did, and we agreed. Because the Father says, if any two agree on any such matter, the Father will perform it. And guess what? He's run off his feet. He's got so much work coming in. He's allowed himself to be known in his trade, and of course, everyone is after him, and he's doing so well. But there was agreement before that. Is that right, Ev? Three. Pray not to enter into temptation. Matthew 26, 41, watch and pray so that you will not fall, say fall, into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now listen to me, listen to me. I'm gonna say it in another version, the NASB, because it's gonna help me. Matthew 26, 41 says, keep watching and praying that you may not enter temptation into temptation. It's almost like saying, inferring that temptation is like a door that you can walk through. A door. All right, so be careful of those doors of opportunity that represent sin. We have, we have these game shows. Uh, pick a door. Is it pick a box? <laughs> I'm going right back now in the 60s. Help me, uh, um, was it pick a box? Choose a a door. Was that the one? Am I got that right? And and so the game contestant would say, ah, yeah, maybe that one. And sometimes, a lot of times, it wasn't the prize. I think there was three doors. Well, there's doors of opportunity for sin. and, And this word of God says, Lord, help me. Our Father and art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Um, lead us not into temptation. Lead me not in, Lord, help me be not led into that temptation through that door. Like a door, it beckons you. I just leave you with that. But then it says in Revelations 3, 7, it says, the keys of David to shut and to open. And we need to say some, something like this. Keys of David were given to Jesus and he gives them to us. And we can say, in Jesus' name, I'm commanding that door to shut. Or if it's a door of opportunity, you can say, in Jesus' name, door open for that employment, for that opportunity. In Jesus' name, because he shuts the door, no man can open, and he opens the door that no man can shut. Do you like that? That's, that's the sort of prayer I think we need to incorporate. Um, I'm talking about pray not to enter into temptation. Get this, write this down. Watching guards your mind, praying guards your spirit. That's just too good, I gotta repeat that. Watching guards your mind, watching. The kingdom surrounds you. You're hearing God, you're seeing God. Work in amongst your friends, in your world. 
This is the difference when you've got eyes that see and you can see God working in your family, working in your, in your life, in your circumstance. And then now, because you're watching, because you're watching, your mind is guarded. But if you're not looking for, if you're not looking for God in your world, you'll be, you'll be slipped up. And the other one was praying guards your spirit. Praying allows your spirit man to be strong. Praying allows your spirit man to have a say on the matter, amen? So watching guards your mind, praying guards your spirit. Luke 7, 32. Oh, remember Lot's wife. Yeah, I spoke about that. Lot turned around. She had the escape plan, turned around and turned into a pillar of... But four, number four, six things you need to do in the last days. Four, keep oil in your lamps. Loins girded, mind girded, like Luke 12, 35. Be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning, burning. Uh, Luke 35 in another version says, let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. Let your loins be girded about. All right, someone's struggling already. Loins, what are you talking about, Pastor Fell? The Bible mentions... Um, the Bible mentions, uh, in fact, Moses uh, mentioned in Deuteronomy or in Exodus 12, 11, talks about when they were having Passover, they girded their loins up. So these loins were like garments they used to wear. The men, in fact, would wear these long garments. And when they would have to do certain um, business or, or, or certain things and they needed to be agile and more ready and prepared, they used to take up their, they used to take up the garment and tuck it into their belt. Do you know what I'm saying? Tuck it up so that they would be more agile. Because if they tried to move too quickly in that, they would trip over. So what this is saying, gird up your mind, don't trip over. Gird up your mind. Have your mind ready to do business. Have your mind ready at all times. And I had this here. Uh, Eastern countries wore long garments and therefore when in business used to gather them up these and gird them about them that they might perform their service with greater strength, more ease, quicker dispatch and less hindrance, readiness for business. And the practicality of that, what it's trying to say is don't trip up. 1 Peter 1.13 says, 1 Peter 1.13 says, therefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Also, the light that it's talking about, there was a light that was held in the, if you, in your house, you would have a light that was held in the, your palm, and it was just a, a light little bowl, and that light, you would light it, and, uh, and that would get you around your house at night, because there was no electricity. So a little lamp like that, but the, the lamp that was mentioned in the 10 virgins, that was a long pole and that with a light on the end of it, a lamp with oil, and that was used outside. That was a longer, that was a bigger light and uh, on a long pole, and I'd love to tease out that scripture, but Psalm 119 and 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I'm getting this image, you guys, because some of you guys didn't get it. So I've got this long garment on, but all of a sudden, no, 
I need to be, I need to get that long garment, tuck it into my belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, gird your loins with truth, shoes of the gospel, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, sword of the Lord, shield of faith. I've got my loins girded up. I'm ready to rock. Can you see me now? I hope not. But can, can you see me that I'm ready to engage life, ready to engage the battle? So it's about girding yourself up and the truth is represented by doing that. Thank you, Lord. Don't trip over. That's the, that's the point. Don't trip over. And the light, the light is like, man, if I've got this light, I want to use my Bible because that's my light. Oh my goodness. I've got the living water pouring out everywhere. And um, if I've got my light... If I've got my light, it's all right, thank you. If I've got my light in the palm of my hand, I can see where I'm going. And I'm loving seeing you wonderful people doing your devotions on version. And I've, you've asked to partner with me on version app, which is a devotion and Bible uh, app. And I'm loving seeing more people into their Bible. Every day they're doing devotions. Tom, top of the, and, and man, you guys are, who else is bothering me with that? Every, every time they do a devotion, I get it. I get it on my, on my phone. And, and Stephen is always... But the Word of God is like a lamp. I've got my lamp, I've got my Word, I can see where I'm going. I can see what I'm doing, see what I need to do. So that's a little lamp. But if you want to do bigger stuff like that, you need, a long, you need that long pole light. And of course, we need to show our light by doing good works, Matthew 5, 14. Keep oil in your lamps. Let's do that right now. Father God, just put your hands out like this. This is what we do. Father, I pray that you would fill me. Fill me right now with your oil. Fill me with your oil, Lord God, so that my lamp will not go out, so, so that my lamp is ready so my lamp is ready to fire up that light, to fire up my life for you, Lord God. Gird up my loins. Gird up my loins, Lord God. I'm ready. I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to run. I'm ready to engage life. I'm ready. Lord, let me, let me understand those stumbling blocks. They're stumbling blocks because, just like it says, they make you stumble. Amen. Five, invest the Lord's money. Matthew 25 to 24, two men did right. The other one was afraid, hid the money. It's the parable of the talents. One buried the talent. You know the story. And uh, let's go there, Matthew 25, 24. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. And Master, he said, I knew, when you, I knew that you were a hard man, talking about God. You're a hard man, God investing where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. So here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked lazy servant, so you knew that I, that, that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back 
with interest. So what's the story there? One man is fearful. He's fearful about the economy. He's fearful about giving. He uh, doesn't understand the economy of God. He doesn't understand that God is not a debtor to any man. Anything that we give to God, it's returned back to us, pressed down, shaken together, runneth over God. And he's saying, if I serve you, Lord, it's a waste. And if I give to you, it's a waste. He's not a hard God. He's not a hard man. He is a God of great return. And he profits you in everything you do for him and everything you give to him. Is that right, church? And we do it because we're constrained by the love of God. We give to God and we serve God because we're constrained by the love of God. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is giving to each one for the profit of all. So that gift that you got right now in Jesus' name, that, here we go again, close your eyes, and just put out your hands like this, Father, I'm praying for everyone with the gift of the Spirit laying dormant in each one. You've given them a talent. You've given them an ability. You've given them a supernatural gift, a a gift of the Spirit. And Lord, if it be just buried in the ground and saying, look, I know I got it, Lord, it's buried. I'm not going to taint it. I'm not going to corrupt it by me trying to use it. I know it's precious to you. But in Jesus' name, I pray right now that you would get a spirit of stewardship on you and you would you would allow that to surface and be activated to use it for the glory of God. Father, but I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed. My personality is, is, is contrary to going public with such a thing. Well, I'm telling you right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray the power of God upon you to energize you, to activate your gift, to activate your courage, to activate your faith right now, to use that gift in Jesus' name. I remember I was in the church in the late 80s and someone, man, I didn't want anyone to know I could play guitar. I didn't want, because, man, I looked up to Eric Clapton. I looked up to these giants of guitar players and I was always thinking, who am I with my three chords? And and, and someone in the church said, oh, Pastor Phil plays guitar. I went, no, don't tell him that. I do not play guitar. I just muck around. I do three chords and that's it. Uh, that's what I wasn't, I wasn't told that. I said, you were pretty good, man. You had a 12-string guitar, and you, we actually need someone in kids' church this morning. Are you up for that? And straight up, I realized, oh, my goodness. Ah, that talent I had buried. I got to dig it up, and I got to present it. I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed. And, but you know what? From that moment, I realized, you know what? God can use your three chords, and it's not embarrassing. It gives God glory. Amen? Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Woo! Give and it shall. Six, our last one. Pray to be accounted worthy. Thank you, Jilly. To escape the tribulation, Luke 21, 36. Be always on the watch and pray that you be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you be able to stand before the Son of Man. That is my heart cry for you, that at the end of the day, you can stand before Jesus and give an account for your life. Romans chapter two, verse three. So when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? I'm talking about God's judgment. I know a lot of people aren't talking about that stuff, but it's true. Meaning, we can't judge the world if we're living like the world, amen? 1 Thessalonians 5.3, while people are saying, peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. Revelations chapter 11, verse 18, I'm nearly done. The nations were angry and your wrath has come. 
The time has come for judging the dead and for rewarding your servants, that's us, the prophets and your people who revere your name, both great and small, and for destroying those who destroy the earth. And this is talking about the Bema seat. It's talking about the saints presented to Jesus and we stand to give an account for our life. Hebrews 2.3 says, How shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard Him. Let's all stand. God bless you. Father in heaven, we need to pray. We need to pray excessively. Pray without ceasing. We need to hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Thank you, Father God, for this this message of preparation so that I could stand in turbulent days, days of uh, great trouble. But Lord God, you give us grace. Oh Lord God, we, we actually feel like everything's all right. We actually feel like if I just be nice, if I, if I just mind my own business, come to church, and you know what? I think it's going to be all right. Well, I'm sorry, friends. Um, it's way more dramatic than that. It's way more dramatic. God is wanting to show His love and He wants to bless you in all manner of ways in your family, in your children and He wants to give you a great future and a hope. He does not want to harm you but to give you a future and a hope, the Bible says, Jeremiah 11 verse 12. And the Bible says thereafter, if you seek Him, you will find Him. So with eyes closed right now, my time is gone. But Father God, I believe that there are people here that are seeking you, that need to know, make sure that they are ready, prepared, sober-minded, girded up in their truth. Lord, they don't want to slip up. They don't want to slip over. Lord, they they want to be ready. They want to be watchful 24-7. So Father God, I pray right now by the power of His Spirit to bring them to a position of sober-mindedness, to hear what You are saying, Lord, for this hour, for this day. Father, I pray all the supernatural resource of heaven as we cry out to You would be available to us. I receive that supernatural heavenly protection, provision. I receive it right now. Lord God, those who hunger and thirst, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. You've got a hunger. You've got a thirst for this. You can't be filled on the world and say, I'm happy. I'm happy to have Jesus. I'm happy to have the world. You've got to be, you've got to be able to say at the end of the day, I, I need Jesus or nothing. I need the Lord or nothing. The Lord is going to get you through this. The Lord is going to get you to heaven. The Lord is going to get you through every difficulty. And the Lord is going to get you through into great blessings in your life. The Lord Jesus, if you're not sure of your salvation, Maybe you used to be saved. Maybe you, maybe you used to come to church. Maybe you're not quite sure anymore that enemy's been lying to you. 
and you've been caught up in the world. Maybe you feel like right now you need to make a fresh commitment to the Lord, a fresh commitment to the Lord and say, God, would you take my heart? Would you cleanse me? Would you purify me? Would you renew my hope? Would you renew my faith? Would you renew my love for you and and the people that you have assigned me to? Maybe right now, along with others, maybe you just need to recommit your life to Jesus and know without a shadow of a doubt that you are born again, spirit-filled, bound for heaven, living in the promises of God. Eyes closed in the house. On the count of three, I'll just get you to lift your hand up before heaven, before that heavenly host of witnesses. If you can lift your hand and put it down, we can all say a prayer together and include you in it. On the count of three, if this is you, if you need to walk out of this house knowing that you are absolutely, absolutely, confidently, without a shadow of a doubt, saved, I got a prayer for you on the count of three. One, with faith in your hearts. With faith in your hearts. Two, with faith in your hearts. Let that hand go up on the count of three. And three, just lift your hand up. Yeah, that's great. That's great. That's great. Yeah, just do it. I've only got 10 seconds, guys. You need to do it now. Put your hand up. Yeah, yeah, I see that hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right, there it is. Bang. Window of opportunity or a door of opportunity. Here it is, saints. Here's the prayer for you. Say this prayer after me. This is between you and God, between you and heaven. Father God, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe in his miraculous birth, his perfect life, the miracles he performed. His sacrificial death on the cross. He's rising from the grave. His ascension to heaven and lives at the right hand of the Father. Now here it is, guys. Lord Jesus, forgive me of all my, all my sin. Wash me clean. Set me free. Come to live in my heart. I turn my back on indifference, doubt, unbelief, darkness. And I look to the way. I look to the truth. I look to the life. Lead me on, Holy Spirit. Lead me on to revelation of Jesus Christ as Lord of my life. I'm saved. I'm born again bound for the heaven but in the meantime Lord bless me bless the gifts in my life resurrect the gifts in my life resurrect the calling in my life resurrect the calling in my life I present my gifts on the altar for God to use to rescue save humanity from being lost Jesus now lift your hands like this lift your hands as the music lifts anoint me from head to toe fill me with your spirit 
let not my lamb go out. Let not my lamb go out, Lord God. Now come on, ask Him now. Fill me. Fill me. on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3telgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.